Hi everyone, this is Working Title, the podcast where we, four intrepid, handsome, intelligent, and entirely fraudulent reviewers, watch and review IMDb's top 250 English language movies as of November 2019, going from bottom to top. So watch along with us, and... E.T. Film Home. What a fucking underwhelming movie. <laughs> they right? they just sang the whole time. And it must have been like the most hyped movie of anybody I knew in high school. Oh, fuck. I could see Hot Topic printing merchandise as it was being... On the- I wonder if this is still popular among 14-year-olds like it was when I was a 14-year-old. So this is the one movie that has actually continued to hold Hot Topic together for the last 20 years. <laughs> it's the only way they stay afloat. That and Slipknot t-shirts. I, I thought that exact thing. I was like, this? Like, this movie is what stocked shelves at Hot Topic for almost three decades. Yeah. Of all the things, this. Well, welcome back to Working Title, the podcast where we make two-hour episodes about 90-minute movies. Um as you can probably guess, today we're talking about Nightmare Before Christmas, or technically Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, that famous 1993 classic. Yeah, really, really famous movie. Hard to escape it in culture. We've come here with some opinions. Um, before we dig too deep into the movie, let's introduce ourselves. And as a little bit of a get-to-know-you, we're all going to share whether we think this movie is a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? And my vote is firmly in the Christmas camp. Shane? Um, I'm going to vote Christmas. June? (laughs) (laughs) A very polite crowd. Uh, You know, I I too will go with Christmas. Mike, what do you think? I'm going to go with Christmas, but I'll explain why. There's no there's no deaths in this movie, and Halloween movies um, need to have death. Yeah, but there was no Christ either. Oh, this is a fucking liberal war on Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> there was a reason for this season. <laughs> but wait, would you want to watch this? Would you actually, now that we've all seen this movie, would you actually watch this on Christmas, though? I wouldn't watch this movie any time of year. <laughs> Would you watch it in the house? Would you watch it with a mouse? <laughs> I would not watch it, Sam, I am. I would walk up and say, what's this? What's this? And go to the trash. All right, cut that one. <laughs> That's a good joke, Shane. No, you effort. shouldn't have said cut. Yeah, it's, it's fine. That's a real all-star effort. It, it was as much effort as this movie was. And honestly, it's the first joke you've made that we actually can keep in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) To think Tim Burton would go on to make our favorite movie ever, Big Fish. All right. So what is The Nightmare Before Christmas? Well, besides a nightmare. um... (laughs) Did you just finish your own punchline, you son of a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is a stop motion animated movie. But despite that, it is not to be confused with the works of Ardman Studios, who made such gems as Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, and uh, that one about pirates. Um, yeah, basic gist before we get into the nitty gritty. There's a Halloween town, and there's a Christmas town, and hijinks ensue, I guess. 
Yeah. No, you're, you're not giving it justice. At least talk about that. It's a musical and it's about uh, Halloween Town and a Christmas Town. <laughs> so what I left out is that it's a musical. All right. Well, Mike, do you want to tell us what happens in this movie? Yes. Um, <laughs> so this is a this is as a this is a Tim Burton film stop animation. It's in a world where there are real cities and towns that have to do with the holidays. So at the beginning, it starts with a forest where we have this circle of trees, and in the trees there are doorways to all of the holidays, uh, American holidays that are um, that are real that you can go into and be a part of. And we start out in Halloween Town uh, with this opening, I guess it's the end of Halloween, it doesn't really explain, but they're singing a song, because it's a musical, and they're finishing out Halloween, and we go into Jack Skellington, who is the uh, Pumpkin King in this town. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, better than Columbus Day Town. (laughs) (laughs) Not even. (laughs) I guess it's the same as Thanksgiving Town, but <laughs> there was a Thanksgiving door. Yeah. <laughs> George Washington's birthday town. Are these weird? They like live in trees, I guess. Like the Keebler elves of the holidays. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, are they like planning the holiday in their little realm and then applying it to the real world? Or was that just Christmas Town? No, no, no. So apparently how it works is in each one of these alternate dimensions, they focus purely on their holiday and they plan for it year round and they celebrate it one day a year. Um, so that's really the premise of this is that Jack, who is the, the the pumpkin king, is he's he's sick of his holiday. He's bored with it. He's been doing this for God knows who God knows how long. And he um, is is depressed and, and he's he just wants to get away from all of the Halloween town hijinks. I don't know. I don't know how to explain this fucking movie. So he fucking goes <laughs> and he fucking leaves and goes and wanders in the woods and finds this circle of doors and then, like, discovers all of, like, Christmas land because it's, like, the most beautiful door there. Honestly, that's, like, halfway through the movie already, so... Yeah. Were you guys unimpressed with the vocal actors for Jack and Jenny? Like, they just seemed so land i remember them being more like charismatic yeah it's like their acting was like they were made out of clay (laughs) (laughs) no facial expressions (laughs) no it's just like they sounded so white bread i don't know like i remember them being more boisterous or something i don't know so i gotta ask so at the very beginning it started at like the end of halloween and it was them singing the intro like song like this is halloween was that them celebrating Halloween, or did they do other stuff? Because when it came to Christmas later on in the film, with Christmas Town, it actually interacted with the real world. Though we see that later in the film. Yeah, so that was my question. Like, yeah, we didn't see Halloween interacting with people. We just saw them singing. Can can we pause for one second here? I I did have one thing I wanted to ask. So we saw Christmas Town interact with the outside world. Ah, damn it! <laughs> Does Halloween Town also do that? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you're trying to ask Shane. <laughs> so this is a Tim Burton film called The Nightmare Before Christmas, and it takes place in Halloween Town that has a guy named Jack Skellington, who's the Pumpkin King, and then he gets bored with being the Pumpkin King, and he goes into the forest and finds a bunch of doors that take him to Christmas Town. Okay. 
But what happens in this movie? So at the beginning of this movie, Jack Skellington, who's the Pumpkin King, gets really bored with Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So the interactions in this town, though, we have like a, we have a bunch of characters. They're the same characters throughout the whole thing. I think there's only like twelve total um, that we see throughout it, but they're all Halloween type characters. But there's one in particular that I really want to talk about, which is Sally. And Sally is uh, a Raggedy Ann kind of like zombie, um, made by Frankenstein uh, girl um, sewn together, and she is very um, I don't know free free spirited. She keeps running away from this guy who created her. And their interaction, this Dr. Frankenstein and Sally, are like gold throughout this entire movie. I like all of the characters other than Jack and Sally. Like, I enjoy the jazz band you hate, you like, you that's like sitting this. there. <laughs> like You're a background character guy? <laughs> I love the jazz band, just always in the background. <laughs> that uh, that one giant hulky one who had an axe in his head, that was my favorite. <laughs> Let's just talk about the characters for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Frankenstein was pretty funny, though. I, I enjoyed him when he's cutting his brain in half to put into his woman that he made <laughs> for himself. So this Frankenstein character made Sally, and he Sally keeps poisoning him throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this Frankenstein dude continues to let Sally cook for him. She has she's, she hides her poison in bottles. Sorry, I was, I was talking to some computer program that won't stop listening to me. We already did that movie. <laughs> <laughs> No, the best part was with Sally. She kept putting her poison in bottles labeled by the poison. <laughs> like, hide him in the house. I just like when he's eating and he's like, Ah, oh, frog's breath. I love frog... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I just... I could see every emo girl looking at Sally in this movie. Like, she throws herself out the window to like... It's just she does weird... <laughs> She falls apart and sews herself together all the time. Oh, oh yikes. God. I just hate this fucking movie. <laughs> I have some gripes with this romance, but I think uh, I think we probably need to go a little further before I really uh, Okay, we'll discuss. go up to the point where, so so after Jack disappears, the town, Halloween Town goes into like lockdown to look for Jack. And uh, Sally is, she's obsessed with Jack. She's kind of a stalker. She like follows him around throughout the beginning of the movie. Doesn't make it into, like clear if Sally or Jack even knows Sally exists. But anyway, so so Jack goes to this new door, goes into it, and being depressed, he is suddenly like I don't know, reinvigorated by um, by Halloween Town or sorry, uh, Christmas Town. Um, so Jack comes back, just super psyched about finding Christmas Town, um, and brings Christmas Town back to Halloween Town. And Jack's grand plan now is that he wants to recreate christmas town for himself and he wants to he wants to be santa claus yeah the pride before the fall <laughs> the nightmare before the christmas <laughs> <laughs> so there's a point in this where, where they do the town meeting and everybody's in this this theater and they're going over what christmas town is about and n- nobody's getting it and like jack's getting super frustrated uh, but specifically, the tree from the fucking courtyard is in the the room, and there's why is there a tree in the room? Because there's hanging skeletons from it. Why? But is it sentient tree? It, but yes, it must be. It's a Halloween tree. Okay, I will say there was one scene in this that I thoroughly enjoyed, and the only scene. Uh, it was that like science montage where oh, that was Jack funny. is trying to like. 
logically like use the scientific method to figure out what christmas is <laughs> he reads a book uh, called the scientific method yeah he's melting candy canes and like <laughs> crushing up christmas tree ornaments and electrifying <laughs> them yeah. he says interesting like interesting uh, uh reaction but what does it mean yeah also, I lost my shit when they sound the alarm, and it's just a cat that's moaning. <laughs> hey, that was my one note. <laughs> I, I lost it. Now I'll never hear a tornado alarm without hearing a cat moaning. <laughs> Is that what? It's that was a, more of a screech than a moan. Whatever. I also like watched this movie through this like meta lens, where it was like stressful because I could tell like how long it took them to, like, film a scene. Oh, right. It was like, that shit probably took, like, three days to do, like, five minutes. Yeah, well, they didn't take long enough to make Sally look like she wasn't fucking shit in her pants when she walked. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wasn't going to put it that way, but I'm glad you mentioned it. (laughs) I will say, the claymation part, that it's amazing they can do that. Like, you have to do each individual thing, like... Well, I'm like, this film's budget was $18 million, and it was probably to pay the three animators their $5 an hour. <laughs> oh. If y'all can't tell, this movie sucks. It had a redeeming qu- quality or two. All right, so... <laughs> Maybe three. I was, gonna, I was gonna wait to the end to talk about this, but I don't... So, I've only seen this movie as a kid, and I loved it as a kid. I remember it being a great movie, and I've, this is the first time I've watched it as an adult... I think it held up pretty well for me. Like, I think the songs were really good. Like, I really liked the singing and, like, the lyrics. The only thing that was not good about it was it was just terribly boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You may as well just... Yeah, let's just, just finish out the movie real quick. Yeah. Take us so, to the end. We're going to chat about anything. <laughs> right. <apparently, and> so. <laughs> that's where we're going with this. The premise of this movie is Jack goes, he, want, he likes Christmas, he's bored with Halloween, so he steals a bunch of Christmas ideas. And he sets up Halloween Town to recreate Christmas as Halloween Town's Christmas. Um, by doing that, he tells these three uh, terrifying little kids to go and kidnap Santa Claus. And these kids work for the Oogie Boogie Man, who is just um, he's just the boogeyman. And they go out, kidnap Santa Claus, and throw him into this dungeon that the Oogie Boogie Man lives in in their in their treehouse. After that, they set up Christmas. Uh, Jack is now Santa Claus, and they go out and they start delivering these terrifying presents to the town, and somehow they get to reality. I want to talk about that. I don't know how they get to reality, but they get to fucking reality, where, where reality being where humans live, and they distribute these these presents to them, uh, which mobilizes the army and the police, and they end up shooting down Jack's sleigh um, in the sky with a bunch of, like, you know, flack. Uh, so he crashes and realizes that he fucked up. So he then makes amends by going and finding Santa Claus in Oogie Boogie's dungeon where Sally went to try to also save Santa Claus. And Santa Claus magics his way out of Oogie Boogie's land and saves Christmas. And then Jack and Santa Claus are good with each other. And that's the entire movie. What were those kids' names? I wrote in my notes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I'm pretty sure it's not that. <laughs> it was... That was actually clever. It was lock, shock, and barrel. Ah, that's right. I knew it was something clever. All right, so that's that, this is the entire movie. Now we're open to talk about anything. Let's start from the end. They're just cool with each other. <laughs> yes. So let me let me walk through the things Jack Skellington has done to uh, Santa Claus. 
Uh, first and foremost, he kidnapped him, stole his hat, put him through this horrible experience at the hands of Oogie Boogie, um, stole his job, terrified all the children, stole a snowmobile, many presents, <laughs> uh, all kinds of shit from Christmas Town. And then he flies by and is like, well, happy Halloween. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, bud. Also, this wasn't one of the presents like the snake. And instead of eating the people, it eats the Christmas tree. There's like a scene it cuts to and the snake's like swallowing a tree hole. <laughs> no, it's when they were stuffing the stockings. So the, there was a, it was a comparison thing where they would show like what they did in Christmas Town. And then they showed what's going on in Halloween Town. And they're like, the kids are putting a bunch of presents and stockings in, in Christmas Town. And then it goes to Halloween Town and it's just a fucking anaconda just like swallowing people <laughs> alive. <laughs> it was a terrifying movie, dude. Like this is... <laughs> Jesus, what else to say about this? Is Helena Bottom Carter in this? No, and Johnny Depp isn't either. <laughs> I know, maybe that's what it was missing. No, Tim Burton only produced it, he did not direct it. What? Yep. Oh. It was his whole idea, but Henry Selleck directed it. The fuck is that? He did a bunch of other stop motion animation movies like Coraline and James and the Giant Peach. Also terrifying. Yeah, I was about to say, just make shit that haunts your dreams. So that there's like so Sally's character throughout the entire thing is like the only person who has any logical sense. She's continually trying to warn everybody about their problems, what they're doing wrong, but everybody blows her off like she's like some kind of like the like the town idiot. Um, except for Santa Claus at the very end, where he's like, "Y'all should have been listening to her." How did Santa know what she'd been saying for the last month and a half? And how <laughs> would she even know what Christmas is? No one knows what Christmas is. How would she have any idea that it's what they shouldn't be doing? Like. Who gave her a fucking magic crystal to know that you shouldn't be Santa Claus? No, because she she had that premonition where she had a flower that turned into a Christmas tree and then lit on fire. What? Did I sleep through that? This movie was an hour long and I must have slept through part of it. <laughs> I liked when Santa Claus touches his nose and then like magics his way out of Oogie Boogie's like lair. Like he could have been doing that the whole time. I thoroughly enjoy Oogie Boogie though. God, I love him. He's just a gambling... Blues sing. He reminded me of the plant from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to find out, and I bet the same actor has done that character. I did not get his whole, like, lair shindig, because everything just got weird and, like, why is it all gambling-themed? I've never heard of the boogeyman being a gambler, but <laughs> 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 I enjoyed it, though. I did like that... Uh... The doctor who had, like, you know, who created Sally, and she kept running away, and he was constantly getting poisoned by her, um, ended up making a new bride, and it was just, like, him. <laughs> like, a female <laughs> him. <laughs> this is the top 250 movies of all time. But why? Let's... Why? Let's talk about that. Yeah, this is on here, but Triple X didn't make the list. You're out now, Shane. All right, so June and Jack, why is this a fucking good movie? This is here on the sheer weight of its ambiance. Somehow this turned into a cult following, and as a result, there it's made the list. Yeah, I think, so what I'll say is this movie wasn't for me, but I can see that there's a certain type of person that this would be fucking cocaine to. <laughs> and those people go and vote on IMDb. In fucking droves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my thesis. for, like, president, but they'll vote on IMDb. Oh, yeah. So that's what I think is going on here. And then it has 
just been carried by sheer nostalgia. I mean, but I gotta say, like, I think we're kind of being a little bit cynical about this. Like, it was a delightful movie when I was a kid. It was awesome. I remember it as being, you know, really kind of groundbreaking when I was 12. It's fun, but so is every other Disney movie. <laughs> when yeah, I was right. 12, I thought The Phantom Menace was a good movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's, let's calm down here, right? I still love The Phantom Menace. Shane, you're still 12. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. This, at the very least, a musical should have like memorable music, and I just I didn't even feel that. Yeah, not seeing the recreation by Corn. (laughs) That's all I was thinking about the entire time was Corn covers of all these songs. (laughs) Wait, that's a real thing. Yeah, Corn covered like almost all the songs. Did they do all the dances? I hope so. If not, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, but I gotta say, like normally I I hold Danny Elfman in pretty high regard, but in this case, not really. Um, I would be interested in seeing a Lin Manuel Miranda reboot of this. <laughs> I'd be down for that. I just want to see a stop motion Hamilton. Ooh, crossover. <laughs> Right. Directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have to be careful because this is how cats got made. <laughs> I, I can't wait for the next movie. This one sucks. <laughs> I mean, the guy that played uh, Oogie Boogie was also in the 1998 rendition of Cats. Yeah, but that was direct to film. Knew it. <laughs> That's where I recognized it. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Oh Jesus! God. All right, let's let's end this. Well, we've got some more shit to say, but uh, I trust that you uh, can edit it so we end on a real zinger there, June. We're ending at thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you ask too much. <laughs> I think I'm just really bitter at how disappointing it was because I mean, this is supposed to be like one of the most talked about movies ever, you know? But why? It's like, why the it's fuck a- is it though? I would I watch know. Aladdin 17 times before I watch this one again. Are you talking about the live-action Aladdin? Because that shit kicked ass. I would watch the live-action Aladdin <laughs> 17 times before I watch this. Per Burton nomenclature, he fucking has done the same <laughs> people in all of his fucking movies. Like, this, like Sally and even, like, Jack Skellington, they're in Beetlejuice, and they're in fucking, like, Lemony Snicket's, like... Why does he only have the same dudes and and girls in his own? Because he had one good idea, and it was Big Fish, (laughs) and he's coasted off of that. (laughs) I guess somehow coasted off of it before he made it, but been writing that fame ever since. Hey, 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 don't knock Beetlejuice. I would have much rather Beetlejuice been in place of Nightmare Before Christmas on this list, but... All right, well, we've got a lot of opinions in the books here. Um... Let's talk a little bit about just how this movie did overall in the eyes of those other inferior critics. Um, so as June mentioned, $18 million budget brought in just under $90 million, $89 million, I think, uh, in box office around the world. So it was quite successful. And you have to remember, this is the early 90s. So this multiply those numbers by at least six. Um, as far as uh, reviews go, pretty well received so this is actually a disney movie um however they released it under like a different uh film label because they thought it would be too dark and scary for kids 
Um, as far as uh, how it was regarded by critics, pretty well regarded on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a 95%. Um, yeah, Metacritic, it's 82 out of 100. IMDb, it's like an 8.0, obviously in the top 250. Hot Topics and a lot of lobbying for this movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Follow the money. It goes straight to Big Emo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like <laughs> my chemical romance has been pumping IMDb reviews for <laughs> I gotta say, this is like the top acclaimed show we've watched, and we're just shitting on it. I mean, even Disney was like, eh. Because, like, so there's a quote from the a Disney executive at the time saying, I hope. Nightmare goes out and makes a fortune. If it does, great. If it doesn't, that doesn't negate the validity of the process. <laughs> he basically said since the budget was less than any other Disney movie that they couldn't lose, so they may as well release it. <laughs> Fucking Tim Burton, you piece of shit. It's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> so here, here's another thing. So I guess Tim Burton came up with this idea when he was making a... Well, he he came up with the idea 10 years earlier, and it, I guess it started as a poem he wrote. How do you work on this for 10 years and come out with this? All right, so now on to the moment of truth where we rank it among the movies we've seen. Uh, so keep in mind, we have seen 11 movies so far. Um, all right, June, where do you put this one? <laughs> I'm going to put this second to last. Really? So between Short Term 12 and The Killing. Interesting. Mike, where do you put it? It's going to be a little bit controversial. It's going to be a little controversial, but I liked it when I was younger, so I'm going to I'm going to give it a better score. I'm going to put it between... I fucking hated Short Term 12. It's going between Sin City and Short Term 12. <laughs> you love it, so you're putting it only four from the bottom. <laughs> His list, you can find his true loves in the middle of it. (laughs) (laughs) Shane, where do you put it? All right, it's going to go last for me. I'd rather watch Sling Blade before this one. You know, I think uh, I put it ahead of Sling Blade and uh, behind Maltese Falcon. So that's what, number one, ten for me? That's that's, That's right where my line's up with you. Like it had its moments. At times, it was fun. It was uh, well made. It was enjoyable. But good, good songs. I wouldn't go that far. You wouldn't go as far as good songs. Look, I love musicals, and for me to watch a musical and not add a song from that musical to my playlist on Spotify, that's 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 a red flag for Fair me. Fair enough. Fair fucking enough. Well, the final uh, final take from everyone. Do you recommend watching it, June? The answer may surprise you. Yes. Here's why. Uh, it had a lot of like kind of adorable moments that were uh, exemplified by the fact that it was in stop motion. And I think it's just so like well known, at least, that you, you kind of have to, to watch it and form your own opinion on it. Um, I think you might be disappointed, but yeah, I would say watch it. It's also like a super short movie, so it's not like a huge undertaking. Shane, do you recommend watching it? No, go watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Mike, what about you? Watch it if you're under the age of 12. 
Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I just imagine 12-year-olds listening to this right now. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, I just turned 13. <laughs> <laughs> I would say actually watch it. It's short. It's well executed. For what it is, for what it tries to be, it's good. It's just that what it tries to be isn't great. Um, I'm pretty sure this is one of the movies, though, that everybody's already seen, though. If you haven't seen it, there's no point to watch it. If you have seen it, don't watch it again. So in other words, I changed my answer. Don't fucking watch it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, that's working title. What are we watching next week? Oh, next week's going to be interesting. It is 1971's Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, Oh, God. Back-to-back musicals. It's a shame Shane won't be able to join us for that one. (laughs) I can't watch Fiddler on the Roof? You can watch it. We're just preemptively cutting you. Oh. You know, I've always confused Fiddler on the Roof with Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) What? You look at the two cover arts and you tell me that they're not very similar.